Greetings. Thank you all for returning. We extend a warm welcome to all our new listeners here for the first time. I am Pastor John, welcoming our global audience of unchurched, self-study people, as well as those who are part of a church. For anyone looking for greater depths in God's Word, thank you all for listening. May you all be blessed of God. Please note, we can now be found on Mumblet, spelled M-U-M-B-L-I-T, social platform. We also can upload our audio message to Mumblet. This allows you to read our brief episode description, find our links to other parts of our podcast, and especially be able to stay right there and listen to our podcast episode. We are looking forward to the greater outreach the Mumblet social platform will provide. May God bless you all. Last week, the last part of a sentence in Romans chapter 4, verses 17 says, The God who makes the dead alive and summons the things that do not yet exist as though they already do. By example, what if water never existed? God summons the things that do not yet exist as though they already do. Remember, there was a time when not only water did not exist, but the world we find water on did not exist either. Many, many, many past sermons and messages have been given on this verse element. Many pastors and teachers telling us that we, being God's children, also have this kind of power to call things into existence as so clearly God can do. Nothing in our Bibles tells us we can do this kind of thing as God can. Yes, we hold spiritual powers for only the moment they are needed. We are spiritually endowed to demonstrate God's great powers with reference to spiritually moving the unsaved to the point they want and desire God. These endowments are typically called the spiritual gifts. Even though we see God move through us and cause a lame person to walk, nothing in our Bible says or further promises that. To find out more, listen to our previous episode titled The Illustration of Justification, Part 4, posted on January 28th. This week, our study is titled The Illustration of Justification, Part 5. We continue this week in our scripture passage at verse 18. Our scripture reads, Against hope, Abraham believed in hope with the result that he became the father of many nations, according to the pronouncement, so will your descendants be. Without being weak in faith, he considered his own body as dead because he was about 100 years old, and the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver in unbelief about the promise of God, but was strengthened in faith giving glory to God. He was fully convinced that what God promised, he was also able to do. 
So indeed, it was credited to Abraham as righteousness. From Romans chapter 4, verses 18 through 22. Last week's teaser for this week's study was verse 20. It reads, He did not waver in unbelief about the promise of God, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. However, before we get there, there are other things we need to learn. So, we will start in verse 18. This verse reads, Against hope, Abraham believed in hope with the result that he became the father of many nations according to the pronouncement. So will your descendants be. There are two things we want to note from this verse. First, against hope, Abraham believed in hope. That almost sounds like a contradiction. Just what are we being told? It is clear that Abraham believed in Genesis chapter 15. God called Abraham out of his tent at night to have him look at the sky. There he could see countless stars. Then God said to him, So shall your descendants be. Abraham believed what God had said. He was about 100 years old at the time, and that is too old to be able to father children. Sarah was 10 years younger, but much too old to get pregnant. Abraham didn't shut his eyes to this. He contemplated his own body, but without becoming weak in faith. He didn't stop at an impossibility for man. His faith looked up to God. What is impossible with men is possible with God. Therefore, he didn't doubt God's promise. From King Comment's Commentary on the Whole Bible. Notice this comment about Abraham. Because of his advanced age, He contemplated his own body, but without becoming weak in faith. Abraham clearly understood his advanced age of 100 years. Sarah was 90 years of age, more than well past childbearing years for the both of them. Then God says Abraham's children will be as countless as the stars he saw in the night sky. This analogy should make perfect sense. Remember, in Abraham's day, they did not have high numbers like we do today. Counting to a million of anything had to be analogized since the word million did not exist yet. So, the stars Abraham could see served as God's analogy for the vast number of Abraham's children. Secondly, he didn't stop at any impossibility for man. His faith then looked up to God, because what is impossible with men is possible 
with God. Abraham clearly understood this. Do we understand it as well? Notice this comment. Who, referring to Abraham, against hope, against all apparent evidence. From John S.C. Abbott and Jacob Abbott, Illustrated New Testament, 1878. Let us reread our previous commentary passage with this comment we just read. Against hope, against all apparent evidence, Abraham didn't stop at any impossibility for man. Why? When something is humanly impossible, or at the least, thought to be impossible, Abraham's faith then looked up to God. The reason being that what is impossible with men is possible with God. This fact Abraham knew well. And I think today, with the lack of understanding among so many, it bears the repeating that I am doing. I really want you to understand this and get it. There are times when our human reasoning comes to its wit's end. The problem we face seems beyond what we know how to solve and or are capable to achieve to a solution. This is an age-old problem that still frustrates us today. Even God's people reach this end. Many I have met simply give up. Yet, what did Abraham do? His faith looked up to God because what is impossible with men is possible with God. When we reach our end point and cannot find a way to resolve something that needs to be resolved, does our faith look up to God knowing that what is impossible with men and women is possible with God? Today, I see frequently that the answer to that question is no in many people's mind by the lack of action they exhibit. Most notably, they do not turn to God in prayer and or praise Him as Abraham did. As a result, they end in failure when the possibility of God resolving a particular issue is not further explored. People reach failure and blame God for no action on his part. Yet, when did these people go the extra mile and praise God as Abraham did? Further, speaking of Abraham, the height and measure of his faith, he was strong in faith and Staggered not through unbelief, he was fully persuaded of God's all-sufficiency. It was a metaphor taken from ships that come into the harbor with full sail. Thus was it with Abraham. There was not any sail of his soul, but what was filled with the wind of assurance. As a ship with full gale and strong sail is carried into the haven against winds and waves, so Abraham, 
by the strength of his faith, overcame all waves of doubts and difficulties beating upon his mind. From Expository Notes with Practical Observations on the New Testament by William Burkett. We have a few things to look at closer here. First, Abraham was strong in faith and staggered not through unbelief. Today, we reach an end point of our faith. We stagger through unbelief. We stagger through unbelief because we have brief moments of believing and unbelieving. Abraham was not so wavering as to stagger in his faith. Why was this? He was fully persuaded of God's all-sufficiency. Our trust needs to go this deep in us so that we realize fully and clearly that we are fully persuaded of God's all-sufficiency. Abraham's gaze into the night sky was a metaphor taken from ships that come into the harbor with full sail. As a result, thus was it with Abraham, there was not any sail of his soul, but what was filled with the wind of assurance. Can you understand this metaphor? Our soul is the sail. A sail fills with wind, so it billows out, or, in this analogy, to be filled with the wind of assurance. The end result is, as a ship with full gale and strong sail is carried into the haven against winds and waves, so Abraham, by the strength of his faith, overcame all waves of doubts and difficulties beating upon his mind. Yes, despite Abraham's belief and how solid a thing that was, he still had doubts and difficulties. However, the difference between Abraham and modern man is that Abraham did not allow himself to relinquish his belief that God could do what he promised. Abraham neither doubted God, nor was he overcome by his difficulties. This is how we know Abraham's faith was strong and unwavering. So we can easily conclude that Abraham was a man of strong faith. This is something we all need to work out in our own lives also so that we are men and women of strong faith. He did not regard the fact that his body was now dead as any obstacle to the fulfillment of the promise. He did not suffer that fact to influence him or to produce any doubt about the fulfillment. Faith looks to the strength of God, not to second chances or to difficulties that may appear formidable to man. From Barnes, New Testament Notes. 
Mr. Barnes said three things in that commentary passage that we need to look at closer. One, he, Abraham, did not regard the fact that his body was now dead as any obstacle to the fulfillment of the promise. Notice, Abraham did not regard his dead body as any obstacle to the fulfillment of the promise God made to him. Granted, Abraham was what we consider very much alive. However, being 100 years of age and age-appropriately healthy, he was still suffering the ravages of age. Even fully healthy, he still suffered the issues that plague humans of advanced age. Even this knowledge that Abraham so clearly had of his aged body was not an obstacle to the fulfillment of the promise. That right there is what we really need to grab onto and fully understand. Our bodies of any age are not an obstacle to the fulfillment of the promise that is made to us by God. Two, he did not suffer that fact to influence him or to produce any doubt about the fulfillment. Abraham did not allow even a fact to influence him in any way. If it is fact, then it is a true and real thing. Yet, it did not produce any doubt about the fulfillment. This comment is about something that was future. The fact it would happen was only a future promise. Still, Abraham believed so much in that future promise, it was as if that promise had already been fulfilled and had become fact. Are we that way in our faith? If not, we should be. 3. Faith looks to the strength of God, not to second chances or to difficulties that may appear formidable to man. If faith looks to the strength of God, then how do we apply faith in our circumstances that require it? After all, by way of learning, this commentator said that our faith also does not apply to second causes or to difficulties that may appear formidable to man. Yet, difficulties that may appear formidable to man are where we need our faith to be if we have been taught correctly about the application of our faith. Or, is our faith to be in God since He, at that point, will do the work required for something to come to pass? From what we read here, this is the correct way of having faith. We simply have faith in God so strongly that we walk away in the confidence that something is done even if the physical evidence would suggest otherwise. Now, verse 20 reads, 
He did not waver in unbelief about the promise of God, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. He staggered not. He was not moved or agitated. He steadily and firmly believed the promise, giving glory to God, giving honor to God by the firmness with which he believed his promises. His conduct was such as to honor God, that is, to show Abraham's conviction that he was worthy of implicit confidence and trust. In this way, all who believe in the promises of God do honor to him. They bear testimony to him that he is worthy of confidence. They become so many witnesses in his favor and furnish to their fellow men evidence that God has a claim on the credence and trust of mankind. From Barnes, New Testament Notes. Can a person have the ability to so steadily and firmly believe in the promise of God that they can walk away in total assurance with only the promise it will be fulfilled, regardless of how long the fulfillment takes to come to pass? According to our study, we should. Meaning, the answer to that question should be yes. If Abraham could have such faith, then he serves to point out that it is humanly possible to have such faith. This is even if we realize we do not presently have such faith. Imagine what would happen if our faith was this strong today. What would happen if many, if all God's people today, had such faith? What would be happening now that presently is not? and not likely to happen because we have either lost our faith or never had it at all. Mr. Barnes told us what we should be seeing now. He said, In this way, all who believe in the promises of God do honor to him. They bear testimony to him that he is worthy of confidence. They become so many witnesses in his favor and furnish to their fellow men evidence that God has a claim on the credence and trust of mankind. If we are as strong as Abraham in our faith, we would see so many witnesses in his favor. Or, for clarity, we would see so many witnesses in God's favor. Verse 21 reads, He was fully convinced that what God promised, he was also able to do. Notice what is said of Abraham. He was fully convinced, not possibly convinced, not partially convinced, he was fully convinced. If one is fully convinced, is there still any room 
for doubt? Of course not. When you are fully convinced of something, you are unwavering and will not sway to any opinion or comment that would try to sway you from your confidence. And being fully persuaded, thoroughly or entirely convinced, he was able. That was not the only time in which Abraham evinced this confidence. His faith was equally implicit and strong when he was commanded to sacrifice his promised son. From Barnes, New Testament Notes. Geneva Bible Translation Notes simply says this is a description of true faith. This begs the question, if our Bibles tell us what true faith is, if our Bibles tell us by example what faith is that allows us to be fully convinced that God can and will do what is beyond human capability, then why has this never been taught? This is why when people get to their end point of ability that they simply fold up and say, I guess God did not want me to, and fill in the blank with what fits for you. Our final verse reads, So indeed it was credited to Abraham as righteousness, meaning this faith was so implicit and so unwavering that it was a demonstration that he was the firm friend of God. He was tried and he had such confidence in God that he showed that he was supremely attached to him and would obey and serve him. This was reckoned as a full proof of friendship, and he was recognized and treated as righteous, i.e., as the friend of God. From Barnes, New Testament Notes. With what we just read, can it be said of us today that our faith is so implicit and so unwavering that it is a demonstration that we are a firm friend of God? Next week is our final study in this series. It is titled, The Illustration of Justification, Part 6. Notice this verse, the first part of a larger statement in next week's study, but the statement it was credited to him was not written only for Abraham's sake. Where is this going all of a sudden? To find out more, join us next week. Play or download our episode from one of our podcast hosts, or follow direct links to these platforms on our website under the podcast menu item. Details follow. All Bible quotes without a citation are from the New English Translation Free Version. We greatly appreciate our audience. We look forward to the return of all our faithful listeners, followers, and new listeners. Thank you all so much. We are very pleased to serve a diverse international audience. Please share our podcast with family, friends, and others you believe would find it a blessing.
This study podcast is a holy, self-funded outreach presented by the Church of the Unchurched, an all-electronic, Boston-based outreach uniting the community of lost, searching, lonely, and forgotten in Christ. If you are visiting for the first time, welcome and God bless you. If you are unsaved, we truly hope you find God as well as receiving Him as Lord and Savior of your life. Please find a short link to our episode titled, How to Be Saved, at the bottom of any episode description. To learn more about us and who we are, give our episode titled, Introduction, About Us, Who We Are, a listen. In that episode, you will learn more about us, who we are reaching out to, our mission, vision, ministry, and more. Again, a short link to this episode is found at the bottom of any episode description. Find our website at https colon forward slash forward slash the church of the unchurched dot o r g. Please type the church of the unchurched as a single word with no hyphens or spaces in unchurched. Also, because we are on a very secure European server, be sure you type the lead HTTPS colon forward slash forward slash as it is required. Be sure you include it in any bookmark you make. This will prevent security load errors. Our site is mobile, tablet, and desktop compliant. Our site also has links to many of our podcast platforms under the podcast menu item. We are found on podcast platforms like iTunes, Google Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, and Spotify, to name a few. We refresh all our feeds with every weekly episode upload on Sundays, East Coast Time, USA. These sites update our feed within 24 hours of our refresh. Our RSS feed is syndicated on many popular podcast RSS feed platforms. Find us on a preferred platform to follow us as we continue to grow. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Romans chapter 8 verses 38 through 39. Until next week, this is Pastor John for the Church of the Unchurched.